Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon, and today I am interviewing Dr. Peyton Busker. Hi, Peyton. Hello. Thanks for having Hello. me. Hello. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or if you are in Evlo land, uh, you know Peyton, but I realize that this could be someone's very first podcast. And so Peyton is a physical therapist. She's a doctor of physical therapy. She is also a fitness instructor and she teaches at Evlo. So not only does she teach for Evlo, but she works for Evlo full time. And so she's doing a lot of the blog writing, a lot of the behind the scenes, a lot of the research, her and I work hand in hand with a lot of our content. Um, so we thought that this topic today could be, well, first off, it's a question that we get asked a lot about how to work out when it's that time of the month. And we want to talk about some misconceptions here. And there is a little bit of talk about this recently. It seems like with people like Stacey Sims talking about this and talking about how like women shouldn't train like men and because we have these cycles. And so we want to talk about this from our perspective today and give you some kind of input into how to work out when it's that time of the month. So let's just jump right in. Yeah. Peyton, if you want to describe kind of the hormonal differences between before your period and during your period, because I think, well, first off, every, every woman is going to be a little bit different, but I think there's some misconceptions around like, should you take it down a notch during your period or before your period? So can you kind of talk about the hormonal differences before and during? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think so first breaking it down, I like the way that, that Dr. Stacey Sims breaks it down. She pretty much goes, puts it into two phases of the cycle, meaning the follicular phase being the first one to 14 days of your cycle. And that starts on the first day that you start your period or you start bleeding. And then the luteal phase is days 15 to 28. And these are of course all averages. Every woman's going to be, or every menstruating person is going to be a little bit different. Um, but oftentimes you see, especially I feel like lately in like the TikTok world and on social media is really, you know, harping in on the four phases, which that, that is important to mention. So you have menstruation, which is that first phase of the follicular phase, you could call it. It's kind of like sub phases. Um, that's the, the time period while you are actively bleeding, then they switch it into the follicular then they highlight the ovulatory phase, which is typically about one to two days. Um, and then they mention the luteal. So um, in that, it kind of leads us into the miscon- some of the misconceptions around this. So I like when you break it into the two different phases, the follicular and luteal, um, because those are the most pertinent and the hormonal changes that happen during those, those phases are the most pertinent to mention. So with the with PMSing or with that phase right before your period, on average, it's about the five days before we tend to have, or most typically have a really big surge in both estrogen and progesterone. Those are, those seem to be the two biggest hormones that play a role in this, in these PMS symptoms, like cramping and headaches and being lethargic, fatigued, all of that. And then if you are someone who likes to exercise, you might notice during this time period too, that you feel a little achier, that maybe your same type of exercises 
are a little bit more difficult to recover from. So that is when we get that big surge in estrogen and progesterone, as opposed to when we start bleeding, which is day one of the phase of the follicular phase, or if you want to call it menstruation, um, your hormones drop down significantly. And, and Stacey Sims actually mentions that ironically, this is the time when we are most like men from a hormonal level because these hormones have dropped out. So it's very interesting. And that it, this kind of gives a little bit of background of what we'll maybe dive into um, a little bit deeper in terms of more, even more misconceptions. Yeah. So before your period is when people feel generally the worst. Yeah. As far as like energy levels, as far as like muscular neuromuscular connection, yep. um, what could someone be, what could someone be experiencing in their workouts in this PMS phase? So during this phase, you might feel like you are getting maybe a little bit more fatigue, fatigued a little bit more quickly. Um, and then more, the more significant part of this is that your recovery is going to be very different during this time period. So because of this surge in hormones, the cycle of muscle breakdown, so the catabolic cycle is enhanced, it's upregulated. And then the buildup cycle or the anabolic cycle is actually downregulated. So these hormones both play a key role in that. So you're not only getting more muscle breakdown, but you're having an, a decreased ability to build it back up again. So you might be feeling like, oh, I'm a little bit more I'm feeling my workout a few days later when normally the next day I'm I'm feeling just fine on a typical in in a different part of your cycle. So it's to me, and from what I have seen in the limited research is that that is what is most affected during, in terms of your fitness during this time period. Which is so important to note, because I think that I always talk about, we all, we always talk about how the anabolic phase is the build up. Yes. That, that is just as important as the breakdown. Your results come from your recovery. You break your body down in your workout and your results come in when your body has the opportunity to come back in and rebuild the tissue that you've damaged, hopefully stronger. So if that anabolic phase, that rebuilding phase is not as strong during this period of time, then during your PMS, um, cycle, Mm -hmm. portion of your cycle, then it might not be worth like hammering away during that time because you might not be able to recover from it. So it could potentially do more harm than good to just like push through and grind through, even though you're, you're having these symptoms of like, I'm not feeling as strong. I'm feeling more sore. I'm feeling more achy than I usually do. Maybe I'm even feeling a little weaker in my workouts than I usually do. Yes, absolutely. All of those things. So let's talk about, because um, Dr. Stacey Sims, which by the way, if you don't know who Dr. Stacey Sims is, um, she is a PhD. I forget what her PhD is. And we've had her on the podcast. What do you remember what her PhD is? And it's, I don't, I want to say some type of physiology, but I, I am not sure off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. Her specialty is really understanding how to optimize women's performance specifically. So she looks at a lot of research into women and how women should eat and train. And I've had her on the podcast before. And what Peyton and I have both noticed, and her stuff is excellent, by the way, but what Peyton and I have both noticed is that a lot of her content seems to be kind of centered around athletes and people who want to optimize for performance. A lot of her audience seems to be like tryout people that run 
triathlons or compete in in marathons or CrossFit competitions or whatever. And that's awesome. But that might be a different population than someone who's listening to this podcast potentially. And we tend to think that our audience is a little bit more like, we just want general health. We want uh, longevity. We want um, to maybe, you know, improve body composition, improve our muscle mass, things like that. And we want to feel good while we're doing it. So not to say that you can't achieve all those things if your goal is also performance, but they're just very different. They can be very different goals. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what is the difference Mm -hmm. when you're training? Um, Stacey Sims speaks to more of the athlete. Let's speak to more of like the general public here. Yeah. So it's interesting with a lot of her research because she is one of the leading people who is actually looking at females in, in a research context, which is great. We need much more of it when looking through this. It's like, it's very slim pickings when it comes to research. And that's probably a really Southern phrase that I just said, but (laughs) I loved it from Louisiana. Can't get it out of me. Uh, Slim pickings, slim pickings. Uh, (laughs) but she, when she writes about it and she talks about it, she explains a lot about how to add in, um, supplementation and augmenting with nutrition and all these things because the typical athlete can't take five days out of their schedule and completely change their training schedule or completely change work their races around it. So they need tools that can supplement. Whereas the general public who we're working out, hopefully for the rest of our lives or working out for longevity and all the great things that you mentioned, we do have the possibility and the opportunity to adapt our training schedule a bit and to adapt the intensity so that we can maybe align a little bit better with our physiology. So when, when Shannon and I were talking about this um, over the past few weeks and thinking about it, we feel like there's definitely ways, um, especially within Evlo to honor your physiology and to, to think a little bit more critically during these, these five average of five days leading up to your period. So the first one is we have an ease in program and this program for those of you who are not Evo members is all like very low to the ground, very low impact, um, higher repetition and little to no equipment. So you're, you're tapping into more of what's called the type one muscle fibers in these classes, um, and, and just getting very gentle motion into your system. And the reason why this can be a good fit during this time period is because of that decreased ability to recover. So what we can do instead is, Hey, let's stick with getting to our mats. Let's stick with the consistency of showing up to our mats and doing a class but doing a class, knowing that we are not going to completely deplete our systems beyond a point that we're able to repair them during this time period. Um, but something that allows us to, to continue to show up and get good movement in the body because movement is shown to improve PMS symptoms. So it's like getting enough, um, or it's kind of like the do no harm, but do enough to make a difference type of thing. And in, in the medical world, if you want to do enough, but you don't want to do too much during this time period. So that's one of the ways, what are your thoughts on dosage dosage is everything, right? And you, you can dial it back and ramp it up depending on how you're feeling physically. That's what we're all about is like the gentle consistency. And yeah, like you said, you know, athletes don't necessarily have the ability to do that, to scale it up and down, but 
if we can scale it up and down and work with our physiology more, we will probably see better results and feel better because we'll be it. We won't burn ourselves out. Exactly. And like I said, the catabolic and the anabolic have to be relatively equal in order to continue progressing forward. So, but let's talk about a little bit about, I think people are afraid that if they do this every month, that they'll lose muscle. Right. So can you speak to that? Yes, definitely. Um, so one of my, one of my favorite studies to point to when it comes to taking either complete time off, which is another option is taking a full reset week where you're not doing either any type of classes or very, very light classes that are pretty similar to the ease in program classes. But there's this, there's this study and it highlights people who are doing 24 weeks straight of rigorous training. And then it highlights another group that does six weeks on of training, three weeks off of training. And they do that three times through three cycles through, and they compare these two groups. And they found that there was not a statistical difference in terms of muscle hypertrophy and strength between the two groups. And there were actually some, again, it wasn't statistically different, but there were even some levels that were a little bit higher in the group that had these three weeks off. And so, and we're just saying five days. So if you think about it in that context, it's like, okay, if they've got these six weeks on three weeks off and they're still seeing over the same time period as this other group that didn't take a break at all, they're still seeing the same, if not slightly better results, then it's something that we absolutely can incorporate into our monthly program without backtracking or without losing out on the muscle building. And, and kind of like you said, we do our, it's, there's a big potential that we could be doing ourselves a disservice by just continuing on with our regularly scheduled programming or trying to progress our weight during this time period. That's something that I think about a lot because we don't have that same ability to recover. So we're putting ourselves at a little bit of a disadvantage and we might be less connected to our muscles in the next workout we go to. So then we're not tapping into those muscles in the same way. It's kind of like a little cycle within itself. So it's almost like we, we set ourselves up for better success. If we can either kind of just maintain where we are in our weight training, not trying to go up or get a PR or anything during this time period, or maybe even dialing it back to either an even type week or a total reset week where you are, we're taking it super easy during this time period. Yeah. I think it just depends on how, how you're physically feeling during that time. And some months might be different than others, depending on other things that are in your stress bucket. Like if you have a lot of emotional stress going on that month, for whatever reason, PMS is probably going to hit you a little harder. And that's because emotional stress affects you the same way physiologically as physical stress. So it's like one of those things where it's just, you, you have to taper back depending on how you feel. Another thing you could do that you briefly mentioned is, and this can go for people that are, are Evlo members or aren't Evlo members. I think all of this can apply. So you can do more of like a deload week, even during that time, if you're not feeling super connected and strong, go through similar workouts that you would do, but maybe go down and wait a little bit or even use body weight. And again, not focused on like getting to muscular failure or getting close to muscular failure, failure. Like we're always queuing in our classes, but just like continuing to maintain that strength that you have. So that could be something. And I I hear from a lot of you, like if I stop working out for a week, then I'll just like fall off and I won't get back on. So you want to keep that wheel going 
And so you can just, you can deload. You can take a week where you're just doing like more gentle Pilates or you're just walking or you're taking a total reset week. I think all of those options are excellent options. And again, everybody's a little different. You might not even notice that you have, that you feel much of a different during this time period. Right. So it might, you might not have to do this. It's just one of those things where it's, you just feel, just notice how you're feeling and then adapt accordingly. Right. I think that's a really good point. And something that I think about a lot too, with my own body is I personally don't have significant PMS symptoms. I don't feel super disconnected from my body. And so this is just for me receiving this information and me going into my next cycle, how I'll be looking at it personally is okay. Let me actually take better stock of how I'm feeling after my workouts. Like I try and be really good about it. And we we do a good job in the context of teaching to encourage people to take note of their body each and every time they step onto their mat, but being a little bit more aware, knowing where I am in my cycle and, and having that knowledge, I feel like just gives us a little bit more power or if we're feeling a certain way, we can, we can look to it as, especially during that time period as, oh, this could absolutely be hormonally related and something that I need to listen to and not something just to like brush off as, oh, it's, it's nothing. So I think it just gives us another layer of getting connected with ourselves. But I do think that it's important to not necessarily let it dictate your life, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who feels really good during this time period, who doesn't have an issue and you're like actually taking stock, you're noticing if you're having issues with recovery, you're taking measures to actually objectively measure recovery. Like you've talked a lot about, and you're not having an issue, then maybe you can carry on. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. I, I, sometimes things can be self-fulfilling prophecies, right. Of like, yeah, we look at this and then, Oh, I can't do anything. It's like, no, just we're, what we're saying is look into your own body. You're going to be different than your neighbor. Your neighbor's going to be different than the person next to them. So use this just as a tool of, of and some more information. Right. And not just being like, I don't feel like a hundred percent today it's because I'm lazy. And it's like right. all of those, right. it's like, no, it's actually just your physiology. Like right. it's, it's okay. <laughs> it is all, it's all biological. It's all, yes. we, there's a lot of it that is, is out of our control, but yes. I think one, one of my favorite things in kind of doing this research and looking at different ways to incorporate both our program, as well as just general fitness, I think especially for me, I am the type that I like to continue with the routine. So I like the idea of taking a step back, but having something available. So if you're an Evolo member, you've got a lot of tools, but like we mentioned with the reset week, with the ease in program, um, all of our recovery day, um, section, but if you're not an Evolo member committing to say, you're not feeling, not feeling your strongest, not feeling like you can handle weight training, commit to scheduling out walks or scheduling out whatever movement feels good for you. So that at the end of that time period, when you're feeling your best again, you're still in your routine. You're mm-hmm. still, you're still on your schedule. And I think yes. that's one of the biggest is as we, we are, we are all about consistency here. So if wait, any way that we can maintain consistency in the routine, and then having variation within the routine based on what's going on in your body. I think that's the the key to long-term success in my opinion. Amen. Couldn't say it better. Amen. So let's just quickly talk about 
how to work out during your period. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people want to taper back when they're, when they're on their period. Yeah. And again, maybe people will feel a little different, but you mentioned briefly about how, um, Stacey Sims said that we're kind of closest to men hormonally during this time. So how would you recommend training during your period? Yeah. So they're again, kind of on social media and some other, and some other things that I noticed when doing this research, a lot of, a lot of people, not necessarily research, but a lot of people will say to really detrain during the period. And, and they point to the drop in hormones as the reason why you should. But what is interesting is reading Stacey Sims research and reading her, her, um, synthesis of it and her first book roar, it, it makes a whole lot more sense of, yes, you're having a drop in hormones, but that is making you to where you are more similar physiologically to a man. So meaning that you have without those that rise in hormones, you have your normal anabolic processes going that normal breakdown. And then you're having your normal catabolic, I'm sorry, catabolic process of breakdown. And then you're having your normal anabolic process of buildup to where you can recover pretty dang well during, during your actual period. So it can seem counterintuitive because we're told our whole lives in like movies and books and media of like your period is this like really tough time or this really hard time. And, you know, you're actively bleeding. That's not the most fun thing, but from a training perspective and from a biological perspective, it actually looks like it's more of a time where you are able to recover pretty well. So I know for me, and I can speak to my personal experience, and of course, this isn't research either. This is completely anecdotal for me. I feel freaking ready to go during my period. Same. I'm, right. Like I, I feel great in terms of like my body, my muscles, all of that, my exercises. Like I, so I was always, I always felt like I was kind of on the outskirts when I saw information about, Oh, your periods, your time where you're just totally laying low. That's, that's not matching up with how I'm feeling. And maybe I'm just an anomaly. And then when I looked more into the actual research, it's like, Oh, that makes so much sense that those hormones that are typically, you know, higher and more prevalent and females are dropped down. Then we operate more like males. And it's, it's just, it's super interesting to me and something that I feel like definitely needs to be researched more and talked about more, because I I think that we've kind of accepted this again, kind of social media view of, Oh, you have these phases. This is what you should be doing during your period, chill out. And then a lot of them mention like the ovulatory phase. So that little short window in between follicular and luteal um, as a time period where you can like go out because of an increase in hormones and the hormones that are increasing there are your luteinizing hormone and your follicle stimulating hormone. So LH and FHS. Oh my goodness. F S H. There we go. There we go. Good job. Brain cells. Okay. <laughs> Putting it all together. So those are the two that increase there. But in terms of the research, there's not much that points to those having much of an effect on performance or muscle recovery or things like that. It's estrogen and progesterone that have an effect. So it's just, it's interesting what is kind of clung onto and then disseminated. So I just think it it is a a call to more and more research um, on the general population that wants to exercise and be healthy uh, and and not necessarily athletes or people who are men. So yes, kind of 
we're, we're floating in the in-between, but from all the research that is currently out there, that is what makes most sense, um, in my opinion. And then what I feel also in my body. Yeah. I love this. I love this so much because I, I think it'll, I think it'll be, it'll make a lot of people feel very justified and like yeah. taking, taking a few days to like, kind of take it easy. Yeah. So let's kind of wrap all of this up together because you gave so much information and I just want to kind of tie it all up. Yes. So the five days ish before your period PMS time, you might take it down a little bit. You can deload, you can do more gentle Pilates classes where you're, you're uh, working more on muscular endurance rather than like really getting close to that muscular failure point. You can do some like yoga or walking or whatever, or if you're feeling good, keep going in your training. And then during your period is the time maybe where you can start to ramp it up a little bit more, um, based on how you're feeling. Like maybe that is the time where you're lifting a little bit heavier and you're getting close to that muscular failure point. And, and, um, I think that giving people permission to kind of play in the gray here is ultimately going to make you the most consistent. And if you're not an athlete, if you're not trying to compete to compete, having these period periods every month where you're fluctuating and you're not necessarily going hard the entire month can set you up for long-term success. Absolutely. That was the perfect wrap up. Amazing. Well, thank you, Peyton. I hope this helps you all. I think um, you did an excellent job with the research and synthesizing all of this. So thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for having me. I, I love talking about this and learning more about it too. I'm, I'm on a learning journey with all this too. So yes, same. And Peyton writes blogs for Evlo every week and they're excellent. So for those of you that like to read, um, even if you don't just go, we don't always like the podcast and the blogs don't always match up. Um, sometimes they're different topics. So evlofitness.com and check out the blog. Thanks again, Peyton. You're welcome. All right, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Boom. <laughs> Woo-hoo.